Welcome to the Set Studio Podcast, building cool shit with me, Mike Special. This is where we'll discuss home development and hopefully give you the tools and knowledge needed to get ahead in real estate building and investing. Hey guys, countdown. Hello, guys. <laughs> Hi. So we'll How count- are you? Um, you know, the other day I was with Mike and he said, um, so those in the showers, the the um, a lot of the areas that you put the shampoos and conditioners, those mm-hmm. cutouts, he <clears throat> said that he does them. He's now doing them kind of like left aligned because he saw them somewhere and he kind of thought that was like pretty cool instead of just doing mm-hmm. it flat in the center or too low. And then the same with, you know, and granted that was something maybe he said that he saw somewhere else, but the little, um, the cutout that you guys have that's lower on the, like the lower third of the showers, then it's specifically oh, yeah. shaving shelf. It's, you know, our listeners probably, uh, I, there is a post on our social media, so you can see the image, mm-hmm. but in all of our Nash houses, the thing that I thought was the most intriguing was there is a cutout almost as if it's the for your shampoos and conditioners, but it's in the lower third of the shower, like maybe a foot up. Under the, under the shower head, not on the long wall, but yes, underneath where the waterfalls. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's so it's basically, he strategically put it in the right place so that that's kind of a little ledge for you to put your foot up and shave for women. Yeah. So, um, that, I don't know that that's really a trend. That was kind of something that Mike thought would be, that kind of goes into the bucket of the things that you guys are like, how mm-hmm. will somebody want to use this house forever? Mm-hmm. Um, or like what's something else that we can add here that's maybe, maybe going to be a low cost, but it's going to be a higher reward for, or higher um, benefit for the people that buy your homes. Yeah, it's, it's really such an eyepiece that people don't see that often. I love whenever we find something that inspires us that we don't see a lot of. And we're like, oh, we should start, you know, we, we need to start doing that because how cool is that? Nobody's caught on to it yet, but yeah. they will. So and that's just one of those things that is super cool, too. I love that that aspect of the shower. Yeah, absolutely. Genius. Um, do we have Mike? I think we have Mike here that's joining us. Hello. I got 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 bumped off there for a second. Can you guys hear me now? Yeah. We, yes. Um, we jumped kind of, we're kind of going back and forth. We were jumping into design trends. Um, and we, we were just talking a little bit about that and kind of like I mentioned how you, the shower, how you guys have to have them more right aligned or left aligned with the shower. Um, are there any other trends? Do you want to talk about some of the trends that anything that you guys have seen in other homes that you feel like has caught on recently, or maybe something that you guys have done in the last five to 10 years that's gotten really big recently? Well, I I know Mike can speak more on this, but I know when we first started, when Mike first started doing Shishigi Bond, that was, nobody was doing that, nobody. And that caught, even though that's been beyond the last few years that it caught on, it just, that was one of those examples, right, Mike? Yeah, exactly. It was something that I don't know how many thousands of square feet of uh, a wood that I actually burned over the years. And it was something that I had seen in design magazine years ago and something that definitely was not in the market uh, at all. And something that we started doing with our our offices and our backyard offices and something that caught on um, extremely quick 
Um, and now there's companies that do nothing but uh, burn different species of woods. Um, and, and to your point a little bit earlier, we love finding things that no one else is doing. Um, but at some point, everybody starts to catch up. So um, I'm glad that we can be of some inspiration, much like we use others for inspiration as well. Um, but one of the things that is really stuck in my mind, you had asked Alexis about what are some of the trends that, that, that we see that, that are coming along that, that we're leaning to. And one of the biggest things are, are butler's pantries for me. Um, mostly everything that we're going to design going forward uh, has butler pantries in it. And I just think that there's something to be said. I'm, I'm a little OCD about having everything be in its proper place. Um, just simply for the reason that you know where things are all the time. And I, I like the idea of being able to have countertop appliances, be it coffee makers, blenders, things like that, out of sight and out of mind, and where you can actually shut a door behind you. So those are one of the things that we're going to incorporate with most designs uh, going forward and just do them a little bit differently than others are doing them well. And I don't necessarily want to give anything up, but our butler's pantries will be different than those currently on the market that you're seeing right now. Yeah. And another thing I thought of was um, it, it's common, but it's not common I, in a normal everyday house that a builder is putting in a micro neighborhood like we are, which are car lifts. So you may see those with people that have, you know, a car collection or after they purchase a house, they may have a personal use for it and they go and buy it after they've already purchased a house. Well, we're putting car lifts in every single home that we have. That includes our ADUs that are only a thousand square foot. They're going to have a car lift, um, and our main houses that are you know twenty three hundred square foot are going to have car lifts. So, I think even though that's not necessarily trending, it's something that we know is a need um, in in the Austin, especially Zilker area where there's not a lot of parking that we'll have in all of our houses as we build them. Yeah, that's a great point. The, the the trend, something else that was brought up a little bit earlier was was tiny houses. And we kind of went through that stint as well, did backyard offices, uh, tiny homes, smaller square footage. And at the end of the day, what that really taught me to do is design better at the end of the day, because I'm a firm believer that you don't need as much square footage as you believe you do if you have proper design. And proper yeah. design allows you to store um, obje objects, but also um, detaches you and makes you think more about the things that you purchase and what you actually need versus what you actually want. Um, so a great aspect to that is these ADUs or these guest houses that we we're putting behind a lot of the homes. They are smaller, but when you walk into them, you find that there's an abundance of storage they're laid out very well, and you have everything that you need in a smaller square footage. Yeah, and I think our floor-to-ceiling windows uh, and doors that we put in help a lot with that, too, bringing the light in and opening up that space that is uh, that makes sense and it's purposeful. Um, would you say, too, the thing that's interesting when you think about the tiny homes is has it helped you in your design and building for the ADUs, because in a way, the ADUs are kind of a form of a larger tiny home, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it, it forces you to be more creative. You know, yeah. if you were, 
if your box that you have to design within is smaller, you, you've just got to be very purposeful with every square inch of design that you have. Um, speaking about the, the, yep, and, and maximizing light. You know, you don't want a small box with very few windows. And to Bristol's point earlier, we do a lot of floor to ceiling glass or just very large windows, bringing a lot of that outdoors and the outdoor light in. And that's immensely important. The other thing that's really important is tall ceilings. And I think that that gets overlooked quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you walk into a room, your eyes typically travel up. So if your eyes travel up, you want that height of that ceiling. And with those larger windows, that, that invites that outdoor area into the house and is less restrictive as you look around the house. So you can have a house look much larger than it is because there's been times where we've had clients come in and say a thousand square foot that is tiny. And when you actually get into it with the light in, in, you know, 30 to 40% glass, which most of these houses are, they're amazed at how big they feel. Yeah. And we've definitely had some design mistakes. When we look back, you know, just 25 years of Mike building and, you know, myself being involved in it for many years, you look back at some of the spaces you create and you're like, oh, I could have done that so much better. So over over time, it's like we've learned learned a lot of lessons <laughs> i would say on you know where where we put the light where the space where it makes sense to to have even the floor to ceiling windows or where to place everything in an adu it all just has to come together perfectly i think well the other thing too that i've noticed in a lot of the houses that you guys have done so in austin nashville sometimes the houses are really close together especially sometimes the houses are on the same lot and it'll just be split into two homes. And there's so many houses that I've seen where when you go through it, the developers have literally put windows that look straight from one master into the home with the other master. Mm-hmm. The windows are super lined up. And the thing that I've noticed about a lot of the homes that you guys do, in addition to all the floor to ceiling windows, is when you can and when a house, the plans are supposed to match up or align with the house next door, you guys do a lot of the not only the high windows, but you guys do low windows to pull in light, but keep mm-hmm. the privacy. Have you guys yeah. been doing that for a long time? Yeah, we definitely, when we start out designing, um, and Michael, let you add on to this too, but we we definitely make sure a master is not looking into another master. If something is built up high, like we know that, that that's a private room, it just has to, we have to think through of all, all those things, all those scenarios. Yeah, and there's definite times that, that that it's just unavoidable. So then it's how do you mask or how mm-hmm. do you hide the view from, from one house to another? And we're huge into landscaping. Um, I think that you can block site with a lot of natural aspects and get away from uh, something that's hard and obstructive. So it's a lot easier to put like a clump, clump bamboo or a larger you know, type of bush that still may be able to blow in the wind that you can see a little bit through, but still maintain a ton of privacy. So I I, I prefer to break up a lot of those visual corridors, if you would, um, with vegetation and landscaping. Yeah. And, and it still looks really good, you know, choosing the right, the right thing. Like he said, the clump bamboo and there's bamboo that I think people have a really bad impression of that we do not use. Um, but this looks really good. 
Yeah, yeah speaking of, yeah, speaking of bamboo, we use uh, the the bamboo that most people do not like is is spreading bamboo, and that's something that we do not use. We use a clumping bamboo, and it really does not grow much outside of its root ball, so it stays right. uh, where you plant it. So that's extremely helpful. Helpful. Um, a lot of the bamboo, unfortunately, that is in Austin. Um, in a lot of the older neighborhoods is spreading bamboo, and that stuff is almost impossible to kill. You have to really dig it up at the base of the, of the root system, but it's it, it can be pretty intense. But the clumping bamboo that we utilize is, you know, grows very thick and grows 30, 40 feet tall. So it, it works very well to have a green screen um, that, that stays healthy and green all year round and, and is just thick and, and not something that's, uh, that you a can't see through, but B is just something solid and boring to look at. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody wants, that's what you guys have at your house. The, the house on Perry lane on our website, there's some great, uh, photos that, um, clumping bamboo that you guys have is amazing at your custom home. Yeah. It makes you feel like, you know, you're in your own little cocoon, even though, you know, you are in the inner city and you've got neighbors. It it really helps to to feel like this is your own personal space that nobody can really see into. Little oasis. I like oasis better than cocoon. <laughs> yeah, I come out Yours, of it. But... I think that your house does look like an oasis. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, a little tiny cocoon. I I'm not looking like a movie. butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's seriously. with the hot tub. Yep. Now, what have you guys seen recently or that you guys, is there anything Bristol that you've seen recently in the last year in terms of like tiles, floors, or anything else that you want to employ for the new year and maybe even like what you guys are doing in Green Hills? Yeah, I th I think whenever so when we build a spec home, we um we we stay pretty neutral. Like in general, when I look at design, I look at the 60% neutral, 30% accessories and that 10% pop of color. And we have to kind of stay in that area whenever we're building a speculative home. But when we when we're building a um a custom, it's quite different. I mean, there's so many trends out there right now. There's dark tile, like a, a darker green, a darker blues. Those kind of hues are really um, popular right now. Uh, we're seeing a lot of mixed uh, patterns. Uh, and, and some of the stuff that we don't necessarily do, but it, it's cool to see other people that are reaching out out of that comfort zone and putting those out there. Um, Mike, what do you think? You know, one of the things that has taken me a while to warm up to and, and something that Bristol loves mm -hmm. is she loves wallpapers. I and knew for years, yeah, for years, I just could not get past wallpaper. For some reason, it reminded me of that 70s show. Um, just horrid wallpapers oh, is, Lord. is what kind of stays in my brain. However, I have to say that I have taken a jump and uh, – and leaned a little bit into wallpaper. She did uh, several wallpapered walls in our home that I was kind of leery of, but actually looked very good. However, I have uh, found a black Cayman crocodile 
wallpaper that's textured. And so it looks like a pair of Cayman cowboy boots um, that we're going to be utilizing that is actually badass. Um, I'm super excited to stick it up just because of the texture. Um, and I, you know, I hate to admit it that, that it is a wallpaper. However, it's going to look pretty awesome. Oh, so yeah. wallpapers are trending big time. But I think that the newer wallpapers like stuff like this is what's helping that trend stick a little bit better. It's not your grandma's wallpaper in the kitchen that has pictures of pots and pans and, you know, apples yeah. and bananas on the wall. Um, so <laughs> wallpapers are huge. Right yeah, there's a lot that are just simply textured too, where it's not, yes. printing, it's just a textured where you almost think that that was done on the wall. Yeah, close and feel it. That's super trendy right now too. texture in general, whether that means um, the wallpaper like you're talking about or people using tongue and groove on their walls to add that texture rugs. People are using texture in their rugs for um, that added little something. So, um, yeah, Mike fought me on the wallpaper. This was what, three years ago. He fought me to the second it was going up. And then, of course, he fell in love with it. But um, I'm just going to throw this out here. A few weeks ago, I started following this one wallpaper place called Wall Snob. So everybody has to check it out. I, I need to order from them, but they've got the cutest wallpaper. So Wall Snob for those of you out there. So if, if somebody, so if say I'm getting a house and I want to do wallpapers, I bristles for hire. <laughs> I don't know about that. Wallpaper is hard. Yeah. Oh, you really have to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, number one. I was going to say, number one, selecting it, but number two, an installer. You've got to get a really good installer to do your wallpaper. Um, you know, whenever we chose or I chose ours in our, our bathroom, it has uh, these naked woman figures on it. And Mike was like, oh, my God, I just can't believe that you chose this wallpaper. It's so out there. It's so crazy. And then I think six months to eight months later, it was in, we saw it as we walked through Nordstrom. We saw it as we walked through um, another, you know, looking through other design ideas on houses. I was like, see, see, everybody loves it now. <laughs> so, so it's it's good sometimes to go a little crazy with your wallpaper and let that pop out and be your 10% if you're a, if a neutral type person. Yeah, definitely. Are there any, besides um, wall snob, are there any other companies that you, that you follow and that you like and that you'll be, I know you guys have on Nash, you have one of the ADUs that you and Mike, I know are putting that wallpaper in. Um, are there any other companies that you really like? Yeah, Mike, where did you get the, do you remember where you got the one that you found the, the black Cayman one? I am not disclosing my source at this okay. point. Okay. Yes. That's kind of how I felt on my other wallpaper. <laughs> but <laughs> right now, I'm sorry. I would I would actually say mine. It's in Austin, and I am drawing a total blank on. I'm trying to Google it right now, but it's not popping up. Like it's an actual wallpaper store. Yes. Yes. It's just wallpaper in the store. I don't know why it's not coming up for me. Um. No, sorry. Not going to get it on this episode. Maybe the next one, Alexis. So some, of the, so some of the other additional design trends, I think we've touched on it in other episodes in the past, is dark masculine colors. You know, we've been painting the exterior of homes black or almost a black. It's more of a charcoal gray for, for a couple of years now. And, you know, uh, we definitely did not make that trend up, but... Uh, jumped on it pretty early and a lot of those are, are popping up here and there, but on the interiors of homes, just a lot 
darker colors, rich woods, uh, rich stained woods is is extremely popular as well. That's something, definitely some place that I lean to. I do like um, a lot of dark textures and, and dark colors and natural woods. So um, that's something that, that we're finding is trending rather well too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, you guys did do a bathroom. Have you guys found, I know that you did do a bathroom. I believe it was in Nash one that was all black tiles in the bathroom. Was that on a speculative or a custom home? That was a spec. Um, and, and yeah, we've actually got another house coming up over there that, that, uh, most of the interior finish is going to be extremely dark and extremely masculine. And that's, that's when we're definitely very excited about because it's, it's, it's something that I've always wanted to do, but as a spec home, you, you limit your market. So with this one being a customer and the client wanting to lean that way, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting for us. Yeah, definitely. Now I want to pivot back to, um, we got caught off earlier. So in terms of kind of some of the bigger trends that we've been seeing in terms of home development, two of the big things that come off of the top of my head are tiny homes. And then also there's the 3D printing. Um, can you speak, Mike, about these two? Obviously, uh, you know, tiny homes has been around a lot longer, but what do you what do you think about these two? Do you have any opinions or where do you see them going? I think tiny homes have, will, will always kind of have their have their place on the map for sure, um, because they are a great a great use or even a tool really at the end of the day for some people that need additional space and don't necessarily want to have something that's full blown construction in the house, um, and and will always be something that I think it's going to be extremely useful for 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 buyers. As for the 3D printed homes, um, I, I'm just not a fan of them personally um, from a cost standpoint or um, from a usability standpoint. Cost standpoint, you're dealing with a product that unfortunately is a commodity that fluctuates greatly in cost. Um, while I do understand there's a great insulative value to it, um, I don't know that they're ever going to get to a point to where it makes more sense to build out of concrete versus, um, you know, a typical construction, if you would. Now, I do believe that the concrete exterior will definitely last longer, but at the end of the day, you're still conventionally framing walls. You're conventionally framing a roof. Um, so you still have a lot of wood members involved in the construction of the home. So you're not completely getting rid of wood construction as a whole. You're only getting rid of it from the exterior standpoint. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, a, a great idea. I just don't know that it's going to hit mainstream enough. Um, and with that said, I know that there's a, a company here based in Austin that is actually partnered with DR Horton to do an actual neighborhood that has um, uh, an entire neighborhood of 3D printed houses. And again, they're doing the exterior of the homes in concrete. And then you have the interior of which you still have to conventionally frame and finish out the way you would a normal house. I, I, I just don't know that that's something that I can really 
jump on the trend wagon of with that one. Do you see maybe being, would you see the 3D printing serving a purpose differently than maybe cut like, you know, residential neighborhoods and maybe 3D, like maybe in five to 10 years, 3D printing is solely warehouses or like naval or army bases, those kind of things. Or do you kind of, you're not sure? Yeah, I, I could see that a little bit more than residential. Um, the, the 3D machines alone are ridiculously expensive. Um, and uh, while the company here in Austin is growing tremendously and has a ton of employees, my understanding of, of what it truly costs with the overhead, the machinery, and things like that is just it is astronomical. Um, so if you're looking at it from a sheer standpoint of what is feasible from um, a cost standpoint, I, I just don't know that it's ever going to get there. You know, you also have to look at what it costs to live into a home. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, I think that your utilities may be um, a little less expensive because you got the insulated value of the concrete. However, um, we're building some pretty some, some pretty energy efficient homes. Um, so with that said, you know, 3000 square foot homes, I think, I'm, you know, even our personal house, I think I'm spending you know, in the middle of summer, 200 bucks on electricity, All utilities, yeah. $250. So, and we like to keep it pretty chilly in here. Um, yeah. but I, I just, and that's just a personal opinion. And, you know, I just don't know that I will, um, I, I just can't bite off on the, on the 3d printed homes yet. Definitely. Well, um, I think those were all the things that I, the questions that I had uh, about, I think, trending. I know Bristol had to, to jump, but um, we, if anybody has any questions about, you know, some new trends that they're seeing that they, that we should be talking about on the podcast, I think we welcome those, right? Absolutely. We love to hear from you guys and love questions and comments. And we want to give you the information that we may have. So please just let us know. Um, message us. You can find us on Instagram at Set Studio as well. Just feel free to shoot us a DM and we'll be happy to answer any questions that you have. Yep. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye bye. If you enjoyed this episode or any other episodes from the podcast, please share with a friend, coworker, your mom, whoever you need to. And please don't forget to subscribe. We take all new feedback, comments, suggestions, and guest submissions on our Instagram profile at Outset Studio. See you next week.